Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And welcome to Secure the Insecure, the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seifer and every week I'm joined by one very special guest. So it's been 10 weeks in lockdown and we've spoken to loads of celebrities about how they're finding it. And I thought it was a really good chance for us just to take note to just step back for a minute and start thinking about how we're going to move on we're now allowed to meet someone outside our household and social distance still and those rules hopefully are going to be lessened and lessened and we're going to get a little bit more freedom a little bit more freedom and almost freedom we can almost see it in our eye line but it does come with some questions how are we going to actually move on How are we going to love ourselves again? How are we going to have those friendships again? So I wanted to pause the celebrities that we speak to on this podcast and speak to a psychologist and start thinking about what we're going to do rather than reflecting on we're stuck in lockdown, this is the worst thing ever. So joining me this week on Secure the Instagram, I'm delighted to say that Dr. Arthur Cassidy, celebrity psychologist and mental health expert, is joining me. And we're going to call this topic relationships post-lockdown. So... Hi, Arthur. Welcome to Secure the Insecure. Where do you want Hi, to begin? Because there is so much I want to discuss with you. Yes, uh, absolutely. And, um, well, I'm the mind mechanic, so I'm meant to put people together again. So, yes, an interesting question for many reasons, because we're human, we are social animals, as people tell us, and, uh, well, at least most psychologists will. And so, but we're humans, and humans are not just quite social animals. Humans are very much human with a very complex brain that's wired for affiliation so we are meant to be with people no man is an island to himself so we are born to be with people so we need people to love to accept and to talk to to affiliate with and when we are denied that opportunity then we our brain begins to question the norms that have already been established in our brain chemistry so that's the reason why when we're forced to go into this lockdown situation it's an abnormal situation And so it is very destructive towards our brain chemistry for a few weeks until we readjust. And that readjustment doesn't come overnight. I mean, we've had government saying, you know, you've now got to go into lockdown, you've got to socialise, you've got to do all these things. Well, we know that for the common good of the common people, that is a good thing to do. It's a sensible thing to do. However, what the government does not understand is that we just cannot conform and comply just as easy as that. 
because we have lived for generations, you know, many decades, we've been hardwired into thinking in a particular way about who we associate with, uh, our families, our friends, our relatives, our jobs, our employment. We're always affiliating. And for that to happen abruptly, then it does upset brain chemistry, which leads to uh, an increase in health anxiety, to depression, uh, sometimes to self-harming and suicidal ideation, also to what we call a, a jeopardized sense of self. So people begin to question who they are, they begin to question the meaningful or lack of meaning in their relationship. So it does have, it is an abnormality, Johnny. And, and, and we have tried to accommodate this lockdown for what, nearly two months now. And we have done it with great accord. I mean, we have been amazingly uh, compliant. Now the bubble is about to bust. People are saying we can't take any more. I mean, Gemma Collins was just saying, you know, she's saying, I'm cracking up, I'm cracking up. She's not the only one. <laughs> you know, so many people just can't cope with this. So because it is not a normal situation, our normality has been almost removed from us. And now we've got to rebuild that again. And I think also it's not just the speaking, it's also this whole idea of touch, when you're not touching someone, I've tried the Paul McKenna trick of hugging myself, but that physical contact, so even though you might be seeing a friend now at a social distance, you're yes. still not allowed to touch them. You're still not allowed to give that gesture of a handshake for a guy or a hug for a girl or a man hug. And that physical intimacy between two people that bind you together, that doesn't just make you strangers. And when you're walking down the road and you see someone and you know, you're looking away because you don't know them and you're scared to catch anything, the way our human minds must work now to shield ourselves from anything is also really scary. Absolutely, because um, many years ago I was a university lecturer, I used to talk about love and attraction. I talked about the sensitivity and the research we did on touch. And touch is important because when a baby is born, it's got to come into close body contact with the mother. And so that attachment, that bond has got to form. And, and that bond is there forever, John. You know, we all know that. We, we have to smell. We have to use the cognitive senses of awareness. If we meet a woman or a guy, you know, we've got to... There's got to be that touch. There's a handshake, you know, in various cultures. It's different. But we have to affiliate. It's something nice and something innate and biologically useful when we can touch someone, we can get eye contact, we can interpret the body language and the body signals. All of those things are what the brain expects to happen. Now, when that's denied to us, it causes mayhem inside brain chemistry. And so you get the dopamine receptors in the brain, the feel-good, the serotonin receptors. All of those chemicals in the brain that help us to feel good are jeopardized for a while because we're left adrift, you know. And, and, and so that is a form of cruelty almost to the brain. The brain has got to say, wait, wait, wait I've got to read, readjust to this. Now, the interesting thing that we do know about, about brain research, Johnny, at a simple level, is that our brains are amazingly astute and complex in a way that they can actually cope. But it just doesn't happen, you know, overnight. It doesn't happen within minutes or half an hour, a couple of hours. It can take a couple of weeks or it can take even a few months for many people, depending on their personality type, to make that readjustment that we do feel good. Now, coming back to that, a very interesting question that you've asked about, about touch and meeting people. When that's denied to us, we cringe inside. I know I do, uh, just human like anybody else. And, uh, I mean, in my clinic, in my, my charity clinic, my students that I work with every day, they were taken away with totally overnight. I felt bereft. I felt, where are they now? And speaking to them by phone wasn't the same, you know. And even though I'm doing remote work with some clients coming in, you know, now and again, 
a lot of our work is voluntary, you know, but even then, when I go to listen to young doctors and nurses, they're saying, we can't see each other, we can't touch each other and hug each other as medics, you know. And so touching and hugging and seeing each other and be able to see the expression of love in people's our, our compassion or even tears in people's eyes, those are so important, those critical emotions. And when those are denied to us, uh, we do feel a sense of alienation and we feel very bereft from that. And I think this is really affecting people, especially in relationships, who can't have that so- sexual contact. So, you know, being in a relationship, OK, you can speak every day or you can do a Zoom or you can walk at a distance or, you know, hang out, but at a distance in your own property. It's the physicalness between people and relationships that people are finding hard because there is no intimacy. And that is so important in a relationship, and especially these relationships which have started in 2020, in January, in February, in dating stages, to then be able to move that relationship on and to see if there is a future, but without that intimacy is really hard. Absolutely agree with you, and um, and I see this in my own clinic. You know, I deal with this every week almost. You know, young couples, you know, who really feel, you know, our level of intimacy has shrunk, has gone. Uh, this is now turned from what was a beautiful, sexually intimate relationship. It's now turned into aggression, turned into domestic violence, simply because you know this form of loneliness that has been thrust upon us destroys our intimacy because we're, we're bred for this um, and and our, our bodies and our emotional complexities uh, begin to want to, to, to sense it, they've got to be sensitive to that now when it doesn't have that that then kicks off into a part of being called the amygdala, which deals with emotions therefore we feel emotionally disjointed from the one that we love we can't touch her, she can't touch us we can't hold, we can't smell the fragrance, we, we can't have that human body interaction. And, and that is so difficult to bear because then the emotionality becomes to be increased and concomitant with that then will come depression and health anxiety. Now what that does do to the intimacy and that level of relationship and sexual intimacy, it actually can negatively influence what's called the psychoimmune system. That's just a part of the brain that really deals with, you know, how we think and how we behave and how we, we express our emotions and feel anger and joy, etc. And so that can actually destroy that uh, sense of homeostasis in our body. And so what happens then is it can be transferred into what's called inflammatory responses. So we do get a sense of internal body inflammation in various organs. So loneliness, uh, and even without the intimacy, and when young couples are plunged into that loneliness because we've got the Zoom, it's not the same thing. I, I, we have to use Zoom, but sometimes I detest it. I say, where are these people that I work with every day? You know, I can't hug them, I can't kiss them, I can't talk to them, you know. And so you can't hug, you know. It's the same when I, I'm dealing with some people who are clergy, for example, at the moment. They feel terrible that they can't be with the people that they're burying and so on and so on. So there's bereavements where people can't be with their loved ones, can't, they can't even see their mum and dads who have died. And so, so there is this level of intimacy which crosses all these groups. It causes, even in boardrooms, I'm getting the same thing. But what's happening here, really, is that this negative health anxiety is produced by the fact that we have been simply cut off from the people that we once were. And we've now got to rebuild that 
with the help of psychologists and psychiatrists and other health doctors and medical residents. And we really do have to start and rewire that. And I think we can resurrect the goodness and the intimacy in relationship to say, you know, it's how we deal with this, Johnny. And it's by saying to our girlfriends and partners, you know, uh, we both understand this is so hard, so difficult, but it's not worth breaking up over. And I meet many couples in the past two, three, four weeks who have said, oh, we're just falling apart. Now, I can say, stop that. You don't have to fall apart. Bear with each other, you know. Just hold on, because soon you will be able to get together again. And we're, we're turning the corner now. And I think we can learn to be optimistic and say, look, this can be transferred, by the way, this, this loss of intimacy can be transferred into the future of the relationships, because there is always a time in any relationship, and you and I know this, we know this even in our own, in our own work and career, um, we meet people, we fall in love with them, we become attracted to them, we start dating together, it becomes intimate, etc., etc. There always comes a time in relationship when things don't work out so well, when that compatibility is begin, we begin to question ourselves in lockdown, are we really compatible, should we be with each other, and I'm hearing this week after week. And that can be healthy in a way where we begin to search our souls, our minds, what do we really want in this relationship during lockdown? Because lockdown's coming to an end now. It's not too wise uh, to, to think that there could be a second one. I wouldn't go so far as that. I would say let's rebuild the intimacy and the emotionality and put the spark back into the brain chemistry, the spark back into our life. Because now we're going to value uh, being with each other again. We're going to value touch and holding hands. We're going to value seeing each other's eyes. That will really boost the serotonin levels, providing we go into our healthy eating, by the way, again. And because a lot of destruction currently, I know from current research going on, just at the moment, in British universities, into love and attraction, that uh, what people do, in their diet begins to go really off radar. And we begin to eat junk food, we begin to do things that our body really doesn't need. And that can also destroy the level of intimacy. So it's a good time to plan with your partner, really. What's going to happen? What restaurants are we going to seek out? What things are we going to do differently now when we get together again? And, and to keep the plans intact, not to say the easy way out is just to dump each other or whatever and move on. That's not an answer. The answer is people have invested quite a lot of time and emotionality into relationships. So it's a very good thing to do is to utilize that, to strengthen that, and to build the bond again so we can move forward with a great optimism. I want to pick up on what you said about loneliness because I get, and I think everyone who's listening will get this as well, is that, you know, 10 weeks in, we've made new routines. So if we're in furlough, there's a new routine of baking. Everyone seems to have made banana yeah. bread. Uh, there's people uh, like me uh, who are not who are working, and transport doesn't exist anymore. So we're working from home. So, for example, I'll wake up at seven o'clock in the morning and do an hour's walk before I go to work, and then I do my work, and then I do another hour walk at the end of the day. Yeah. And so all these routines are great, and they're all in place. And I'm binging Desperate Housewives, and I'm very good with that, and I'm very fine with that, and I know what I'm doing. But at four o'clock or five o'clock, maybe once a week, I'll suddenly get a massive drop. And I can't explain it. And I get that anxious feeling of, what am I doing? It's four o'clock, I've got six hours till I can go to bed at 10 o'clock. What am I doing for six hours now? And I think a lot of people are getting these ups and downs and they're suddenly going, what's going on? Why is that? And what can we do to stop ourselves overthinking that we're in this mess that we kind of can't get away from? Yeah, right. Well, these are called negative schemata, uh, the swanky name, you know, for just negative ways of thinking. And so our, our brain works in, in, a, in such a complex way that we will have highs and lows every day. That is reasonably healthy. 
If everyone was high constantly, I'd be concerned. If they were low constantly, I'd be concerned. So the serotonin levels and the dopamine levels, uh, they will fluctuate. And what happens is that you will find that uh, we do know from neurological research that, that this happens even across cultures. So when you're out and you're feeling good, you, you've done your, your day's work and you're from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock or 10 o'clock at night, 6 hours to fill, you know, what am I going to I would expect to be down in low mood. I wouldn't expect to be high mood all the time simply because there are physiological reactions to this. So work in broadcasting, as you and I do, you know, can be quite stressful. I mean, we've got to keep in touch. We're getting news programs out. We're dealing with all sorts of stories and listeners. And it's about, it's about focus on those stories. And one thing can happen that does happen like in broadcasting where we're dealing with very powerfully depressive stories such as coronavirus. Uh, we've got to do it. And yet, no, we can. Broadcasters have said to me, we're taking that home with us sometimes. And so how do you switch off? So your brain will uh, allow you to feel good in the middle of a program, for example, or in the middle of the office or in the middle of the sports centre, wherever we are. And at evening, when we're out alone, it varies between gender, between males and females because of sex hormones. But what happens is that we then begin to feel, OK, I'm chilling out now. It's, I'm all alone now. Uh, now, some people admire that. Other people can't hack it at all. They feel, oh, no, this is going to put me in a low mood. Now, it's simply because of whether or not one is an extrovert or whether one is an introvert. You know, that's to do with uh, the arousal part of the brain mechanism. So that whenever we have the, a brain mechanism that, for example, if, uh, if you're extrovert, then the brain type is that you, you need constant stimulation all the time. So I'm an extrovert, as a PR too, Johnny. And so if, if that's the case, and you and I were seen as extroverts, then you and I need constant stimulation to keep our level of extroversion intact. So we're expecting to be high all the time. We're expecting to have high mood all the time. Some people are like that. They can cope 24 hours a day in a pretty high mood. But there are times, if they're truthful about it, you will plunge down to a low level. Now, that low level has got to be seen as different from someone who's got constant or persistent low mood leading into depression. That's a different thing altogether. And so we can have that sense of just low mood simply because of environmental demands on us, simply because we can't be the one that we love. We can't be with our girlfriends or our boyfriends or whatever it might be, our parents or our best friends or mates, you know. And so when that's denied to us, uh, it's time just to be to be with oneself. And that can be really difficult because we're, we're meant to be affiliating, as I said earlier. And so we, we, we really are driven by these things called basic power motives that we have in our brain that drives our personality. And so we're driven very often to be with others. So we go out cycling together as a mate, you know, a couple of mates out cycling together, a couple of mates out fishing together, a couple of guys out playing together, playing a sport together. That's going to be different. But we, we do have to, to understand there are mood regulation and understand that that this is going to change, and it's going to change over the next few months, and especially as we go through summer uh, and approach uh, the autumn time, we're going to have to make massively adjustments. But that's done automatically, mostly. Now, th that comes into what's called the nature-nurture debate, whereby who you are and who I am as a person is both biological and it's environmental. So our brain biology, our physiology, depends on how we interact with the environment. So you've got an interaction between what happens in the environment, uh, what we fill our lives with, uh, walks in the countryside, like cycling, uh, cross-country cycling, biking, whatever we do. That's stimulation for one guy. Another guy uh, could be out surfing. Another guy could be out swimming, you know, whatever. So whatever we do, we, we choose and select that stimulation that we know is good to feed our brain, to feed the dopamine and serotonin receptors that makes us feel good. 
now people are now that I've been talking to in the past weeks have said, I said, what are you doing now? Oh, we're, we're planning now, you know, we're really glad we're going to do this. Uh, we're going to, we've learnt new skills now. Uh, not just digital skills, but we've learned other skills, you know, during lockdown. Now we're going to re-employ now once lockdown is lifted. And so this is a good thing uh, psychologically so that people can now begin to make new friends. They've made friends now that they wouldn't have made uh, whilst, uh, before lockdown occurred. So I, a lot of people now are zooming in, making new friends on all forms of social media platforms. And now it's able to, to meet up, meet these people and extend our social network face-to-face interaction. So this is quite a good thing. There's so much I want to ask you on that. Let's quickly touch on, because I want to move on to the relationship side in a minute Mm -hmm. about the future. You spoke about extrovert and introvert. I find as an extrovert that when I've seen people, I love it. You know, there's nothing better than in the ideal world of, you know, going for a coffee in the morning with someone, then meeting someone else for lunch and then meeting someone else for the afternoon just to chill or I'm at work all day and then I've gone out for dinner with a friend and then I've met someone else to go to theatre and I'm busy 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 and as much as I don't like it I love it you know I thrive off being busy even though I just want to sit in front of the TV but I don't want to sit in front of the TV I find that at the moment every time I see someone which might be once a week so especially like my family I'll see once a week when I finish seeing them I get this massive drop and my extrovertness of as you said you know the brain wants me to be meeting people and being active as soon as that stops and it's taken away from me again because my parents have gone home or i've seen a friend and that walk has finished i get this massive drop and i'm like questioning myself where am i again why is that well that can happen for a wide variety of reasons uh, we don't have time to go into tonight but but the, the main uh, the main drive behind this is you know um is to do with what we call social cultural expectations what we expect as people with our own highly unique individual personalities. You and I are very much the same, those kinds of things. And so uh, we have these, I expect to be busy with people all day from early morning till my, my dog and jogging or whatever until very late at night and early into the next morning when my study working, I'm still talking to people. And so you and I seem to be the sort of people that we want to be with other people, you know, and to enjoy that enrichment of experience. Now, other people who are quite introvert. They're quite happy in their own company. As a matter of fact, you know, the, the problem is that, that they don't have to cope with the, the physical demands that, that you and I would have to cope with because they're very happy in, in their company, you know, wherever they might be, whatever they do. Now, and, you know, the problem is that they've got too much. Uh, you and I are seeking arousal all the time for brain stimulation. They have almost an oversupply of this in their brains, so they don't need anyone else. They're quite happy with the book, quite happy chilling out with the headphones on. Don't need anyone. And I meet the most beautiful people who are introverts, and I said, well, how do you get through life? I'm quite happy being myself. I don't have the pressures you have or anyone else has. So they don't have to cope with relationships, don't have to cope with all the stress and strain you know I might have to deal with. And so we, we do tend to um, get those low points in our personality type whenever we have got that deficit. And there are many, many deficits in our personality as a result of coronavirus because these deficits are to do basically with having to accept this new normality. And it's to do with separation anxiety. 
separation from a partner, separation from the people and, and the, the schemata. Or a schemata is just a simple word that we use in psychology, Johnny, for saying, here's the, things, the sort of things we do every day. Here's the sort of people we meet at lunchtime in the pub, in the club, wherever we go. The sort of people that we do things with all the time. And you and I, just as I said earlier, we're much the same. And there's thousands of people, you know, listeners who have got extrovert personalities like you and I do. And they, they need that stimulation most of the day. I can switch off and chill out them. I say, okay, I will later on, but I'm still feeding my dopamine levels and my serotonin levels and feeding them with all that massive, the, the fun, the excitement, the humour, all of that that we need to keep our brain real stimulated and, uh, and to keep that mental astuteness functioning well at an optimum level. And now, whenever we, those brains move away, it's just like the end of the show. When I was growing up in drama, for example, as a teenager, you know, I loved acting. But you see, when I came to the last show, everybody went down into low mood because our brains were thriving on stimulation and talk and fun and, and listening to stories. When that's not there, we feel robbed of that emotionally. And so our brain has got to deal with that. But it does do it. That's the incredible thing about this massive brain that we, we deal about and research all the time. We're still learning so much, so much we still don't know about human emotions. But we still do know quite a lot about it, but we have a long way to go. So what do we then do when restaurants start allowing us back in again and we're so used to social distancing? You know, there's nothing better than going into a restaurant you see five people you know on five different tables and you go and work the tables and then you come back and you get someone else to say hi because that's the thing. That's why we're going to restaurants. We go yeah. to socialise. We're not going, you know, we could easily have a takeaway at our own homes, but we've chosen to go out to meet other people. And same in a nightclub and same in a pub. How do we get back into that position where in our brains we, we're not thinking, oh, got a social distance or, oh, don't know if this is okay? Because we're so now set in this new way of life that we think we're never going back to touching ever again. And I think we have to prepare. This is called the psychology of preparedness. And preparedness is where we take stock and become introspective. We begin to, let's have a look at the way we used to do things. We go to the same restaurants. We need to retrain our minds at the moment as we're now moving out of lockdown. The worst part is over. And we've got to get that message across now to listeners. The worst of this is over. The way to do things is now to re-strategize your brain. Think it through carefully and say, right, turn up the music now. Okay, we can do that. Going into the restaurants now is as watching a first date, I think, a few nights ago. And I'm thinking, you know, whenever we get into restaurants now, it is going to be different. But the main thing to focus on is the intimacy, on the fun. Okay, it is going to be different. There's going to be spacing. We have to remember that this is a massive killer, this germ. It kills. We know that. People are intelligent enough to understand what this coronavirus is about and what it does do. We have to keep it in perspective and understand that once we take precautions, it is really that because we have to value life, the reality of life, the reality of our breathing. That's something we don't normally do. We never think about where our breath is coming from next second, the next millisecond. We don't think like that. It would be abnormal if we were thinking like that all the time. But it does make us think about... You know, can we really enjoy that recent experience again? I'm planning to do the same things, and but I'm planning to do them in a way that's generally sensible and without going over the top. We're just going to go into our restaurants. We'll be the sitting will be different. I don't know what's going to be like in some of these places, Johnny. You know, but when when I'm in, in the city, you know, just like you, you know, you go into maybe in favourite restaurants with your friends or lovers, girlfriends, boyfriends, husbands, wives, partners. We go in, we do, we meet friends, you know. 
I think they're going to try and facilitate us. And being positive, and I think it's good to be positive about that. They've got to do business. We've got to do business. And in, in really to encourage business, they're going to be finding ways that's not going to upset the equilibrium too much. People will still be able to have those candlelight dinners. They'll be able to have to go and have that little intimacy. That level of intimacy can still be protected in the restaurant. We can still have that. Okay, the tables might not be just sort of half a metre apart. There's going to be two metres. There may be there may be rearranging tables. There will be arrows all over the place. But I think we need to to really just keep that at the back of our mind and not at the front of our mind, and to think, okay, we're there to enjoy a nice evening out. We're there to be mindful is the word I want to use. Let's be mindful of who we're with. You're taking your girlfriend, your partner out for dinner, for a bite in the restaurant or whatever. Be mindful of her. Be mindful of her pair of compliments, for example, when you go into the restaurant. Do something different. Just don't, make a rule not to talk about coronavirus. That's the last thing we want to hear. And even if uh, people talk about it, they may be giving out instructions. Fair enough. We, we buy by them. But I would, I would say, guys, switch off your mobile. Focus on your partner. Enjoy that, the taste of the food. Be mindful of what you're eating. Talk about the taste, the sensitivity of it, uh, the, uh, the, a new experience, perhaps, in, in eating and, and cuisine. And so whenever we do that, uh, we're beginning to learn to readapt, and our brain will follow suit. It will do what you tell it to do. Uh, but it'll also, it can also go on its own steam, by the way. Uh, so even if you don't have that motivation to keep feeding your brain, you know, the instructions are, here's what I want you to do, it'll do it anyway. And so, so there's a lot to learn, I think, from going back into restaurant experience, uh, into the clubs and wherever you go. I think we're just going to have to comply and conform in a way we didn't have to do it before. But it's not going to be that horrible. I mean, I think most people and restaurants I've been speaking to a fortnight ago are saying it's going to be really slightly different, but we're still going to do business and we're, we're loyal to our customers and we still allow them to have that level of intimacy which we had before lockdown came around. Brilliant. And finally, Dr. Arthur Cassidy, what are your tips for recording this episode, Relationships Post-Lockdown? What's your advice? Ten weeks into lockdown, what should we be doing to keep those relationships stable, be it friendships, personal relationships, work relationships? What should we be doing so that we can see a future rather than what we have been doing, which is kind of isolating and ignoring everyone? I think we need to be honest with each other and be honest about our emotions to communicate our emotions clearly about how we're feeling. Uh, I, you could find boyfriends, girlfriends, partners getting slightly afraid about, but will they catch this virus again? I think we need to be a rock for each other. We need to be able to strengthen each other, be an optimist, uh, learn how to think things sensibly, and to detoxify, just detoxify from social media and be able to accommodate and be more selective of what we want to listen to because it, it would have the potential to destroy certain relationships. However, the most important thing is focusing on us, focusing on you, your partner, focus on building and strengthening that relationship, invest your time and energy into planning for the future. Even though we're going to be talking about recession and depression, that's all I'm hearing every day, keep that in perspective because it could still be a long way off. People are saying it will be short term. Even it is short term or long term. We need to be. We've been there before. We've had had recessions before, and people are still alive. Relationships are still flourishing. And so, even though in the middle of an economic depression reaction, 
people can still get in touch even with me on my own website, and I will and I will help them. And and I think you know because it's a way of strengthening your own coping strategies to be what we call emotional coping. To be able to cope and say, right, I'm going to get back to work again. I, I'm or I'm going to retain for a new job, for a new career. I'm going to keep building and strengthening my relationships. We don't have to do so much that's so terribly different than what we've been doing before. So let's go back and look at our previous ways of coping in relationships, meeting new people again, and, and asking people, how did you get through this lockdown? You know, what did you do? Did you learn any new skills? So it's a time for actually beginning to refresh one's uh, sort of relationships, one's romance, and getting romance back into the relationship again. That's an essentially important thing and a salient aspect of all relationships. Enjoy quality time together, do type of things, enjoy new sports, and get away from, from the digital world just for a while and detoxify uh, one day a week if you can. Brilliant. Dr. Arthur Cassidy, celebrity psychologist and mental health expert. Thank you so much. What an amazing guy Dr. Arthur is and he's given you so much advice to think about. It's really hard to contextualise where we are because we're all in different areas. We all don't really know what's going on. We're all trying to think of ourselves, but we're comparing ourselves to others. You see other people getting really expensive takeaways. You think you need to get an expensive takeaway, and then you realise it doesn't deliver to your area. You see people social distancing and seeing three friends a day, and you're like, I've seen one person this whole week. We can't compare ourselves to each other. And as Dr Arthur said, our emotions the way our brains are working are in this area that we're trying to rework what we're doing because we don't know what we're doing and we really 10 weeks in are still a bit unsure about where we are and how do we look to see the future how do we see that relationship coming back to flourish in the future how do we see ourselves going to a restaurant in the future but we've got to take every day as it comes and look, I'm always here for you, as you know. You can contact me on social media at Johnny Seifert on Instagram or Twitter. And any advice you need, please do come to me, Dr. Arthur Cassidy. Find him online as well. Please speak to him as well. We are all here for you and we all need to keep supporting each other. It's very well in the first couple of weeks that we checked on in each other. But don't let that stop. Keep doing that. 10 weeks in, 12 weeks in, 15 weeks in, way past lockdown. Keep speaking, keep encouraging everyone to open up that dialogue to say it's okay to not be okay. And help me, help me get out the mental health list on the podcast app. Please go onto iTunes now. At the bottom of the podcast, there are five stars. Give it a five star rating, leave a comment and tell me what you thought of this week's podcast. Please help share it with your friends as well on social media. It's so important that we say it's okay to not be okay. Don't forget, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Johnny Seifer. Thank you for listening to Security Until next week, thank you and goodbye. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.